welcome to If You've Come This Far, a men living podcast where we set out to have authentic conversations with interesting people. Our goal is to learn a little bit about navigating life and how to make the most of it, and to have some laughs along the way. My name is Chris. And I'm Sean. Just a little bit about men living. Men Living is a nonprofit where we bring guys together for connection, to talk about stuff that matters, work on ourselves a little bit, and find some community and brotherhood. You can learn more about Men Living at menliving.org. If you've come this far, maybe you're willing to come a little further. Today's interesting conversation is with Frank Nago. Frank is a husband of Jamie. He's a dad to Eliza and Aden. He's a sales manager. He is the co-founder of Men Living. Frank loves nature. He's a former yoga instructor, though I think once you're a yoga instructor, you always are one. And my partner, Chris Lozier, describes Frank as graceful, and I couldn't agree more. going to be like videoing this i was supposed to yeah i could see i I went with i still went the more conservative route and decided i better dress up for this (laughs) (laughs) me too yeah look at all of us it's so funny when i got on i I thought shit i should go get my stocking cap because i look like the odd man out here what what? i just i just told him that i was poloing with todd earlier and he had a, a winter cap on i think we're all just ready for the actual spring to take place i mean I was freezing last night. Like it was 68 in our house and I was, I was just cold. I was like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. I got in the shower and took like a scorching hot shower. I was just like, I just need to warm up somehow. So I don't know what was going on, but. Anyway. Um, oh man. I just, I want to, I want to talk some more, but I, I also, we might, I feel like we might go some of these places. Uh, yes, right. Because, <laughs> because I've got like a, I've got like a Wim Hof, bone to pick with you frank <laughs> and so maybe we'll get into that oh yeah maybe there's no maybe there's no maybe <laughs> that really what this podcast is about is airing of grievances so we only invite people on <laughs> that we have a beef with that's so. good man i'm ready i'm ready for it um all right Sean, you want to you want to you want to kick us off this time? So you, well, you kind of wrote wrote up the question from the from the conversation. So why don't you kick it off? All right. Um, so the way this works, Frank. One more preface here. We'll, we've been going back and doing intros of the guests themselves. We have like a stock intro for the show, and then after our interviews, we've done two so far: Todd and Rosen. And then we go back and we give an intro of our our guest. Yeah. And sort of tell people, you know, at the beginning of a typical podcast, what we talked about was this, this, and this. So we gotta, we kind of have to have the conversation first because we don't know where it's gonna go. Uh, yeah. We know it's gonna go someplace good, but um, but that's how we do it. And so, okay. deep breath. Here we go. All right, welcome, Frank James Nago. Welcome to uh, to our 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 nascent podcast. If you've come this far. We're excited awesome. to have you. Excited glad, to have you. Glad to be here. Thanks. Thanks for inviting me. Hell yes. Um, some people ask us, by the way, midway or in, in our first few podcasts, midway through the podcast, if they're allowed to to, to cuss. And uh, <laughs> just so you know, the answer is yes. Um, okay, so here we go. Uh, recently, Frank, um, you started or you launched in our men living 
group um, a small batch, which is uh, a, a sort of a new concept for us. It's a group of three to nine men um, whom the small batch creator invites into like a time limited focused regular convening around a specific subject. Um, and we were thinking maybe it would be interesting if we started our conversation by having you describe your small batch and, and, and maybe what it says about Frank Nago. Sure, yeah. So I guess, you know, the way I wanna start the, the conversation about the small batch is really the inspiration for it. Um, you know, first, First and foremost, I think, you know, you guys know I, I am into the the Wim Hof method. I think he's a really super interesting guy. And, you know, this this method really is super intriguing to me. And I think uh, there's there's real value that I've experienced in my in my own life. But um creating the small batch was, I mean, honestly about hearing from other people's, you know, really actually challenge us with their kids was, was really the, the impetus for, for getting the ball rolling. Cause be, my grand idea was to eventually have, have it where, you know, fathers and their kids could participate in something together and something very different than what they probably ever were accustomed to experiencing. Um, just because I've heard, you know, have close friends, dear friends that have kids, teenagers, I think in particular with challenges that, you know, I think are new to them, uh, maybe even new to, to a lot of their peers in, in society. And, you know, my mind was thinking, well, is there something to this method that could could be of benefit. And I know that doing anything with, with our kids is, is gonna be a benefit. Um, and, and my kids, of course, are quite young. So I can't send them to the, to the lake when it's 30 degrees at this point. But um, that, was, that was the kind of the impetus because I think you know, there's, there's some serious challenges that, that kids are facing these days. And um, you know, we have to look at all ways to approach getting, helping to create a well, a wellness environment for them. And and this might be, in my grand idea, one of those ways. So, Frank, oh, sorry, Sean. Uh, no, can I just, can I just yeah. ask Frank to, to, to say something about Wim Hof for people who may not know? Yeah, yeah. So, Wim Hof is is a is a guy that's been practicing for 30 years trying to uncover the truth of of life and has explored many different spiritual traditions and has gone through some trauma in his life and and eventually found the cold to be his basically his teacher to find his truth in that way and so he's developed a method basically with cold exposure and breath work um, that has proven scientifically now, he's proven it himself and students, that he can actually affect his immune system, increase his immune system and fight off 
um, infection just by his, you know, with the power of his mind. And he attributes this to the breath work and the cold exposure. And so, of course, the scientists were kind of blown away by this and thought this guy's kind of a freak of nature, you know, proving things that weren't scientifically proven before. And he said, no, actually, I can, you know, with these techniques, I can get brand new students and in a matter of a couple of weeks, have them do the same thing. So they did studies where they injected him with like, I can't remember, E. coli or like some some toxin that, you know, always exhibits, you know, certain level of uh, side effects. And he was able to basically increase his immune system to, to not have those symptoms and not be affected by that. Now, so that's kind of who he is, and he's developed a following. It's become much more, you know, he's been on like a, a lot of the top podcasts. He hasn't been on this one yet, but, um, you know, he's it's become much more mainstream and, and popular. I think people are seeing the benefits of, you know, what he's espousing to to create. So now, well, he he may be the part of the inspiration for the small batch. I mean, the the small batch itself is is at some level about connecting with nature, right? And so and so, um, what I one of the things that I think is um, one of the many things that is interesting about you is your connection to nature and why and why and why why you think it's important to connect with nature. And so, and so maybe kind of explain a little bit about that as a part of the impetus as well, because really the idea is to bring either guys or guys and their kids or even their spouses together for um, a dip in the water uh, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, forest bathing um, or something along those lines. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah so that was, that was the, the other thing. The part of it is, of course, when you're out in, in the lake and you're experiencing the cold in that regard, you're experiencing nature and, and your physiology. But also I wanted to yeah create something that would be, you know, kind of on alternate week weekends, being out in, in nature and immersing ourselves in nature, because I think there's real healing properties in, in that as well. So, I mean, I love being out in the woods. I love, you know seeing wildlife uh, bird watching just he- hearing the the noises in the woods um actually and hearing as as little noise as possible as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but yeah so and i think there's a real healing element to that and that's again this is this is proven in other cultures you know this the forest the shinrin yoku the japanese term for forest bathing which again is something a bit different than many of us Westerners, how we experience nature. Even when we experience nature, it's, it's often like on a hike or we're bird watching or we're doing, doing some type of an activity. Whereas with the forest bathing, it's really more about just being in nature, you know? And so, um, and that's a challenge for, for even myself know because i want to go look at birds i want to i want to be active i want to get the heart rate up but i think there's some there's some real value in just being in in nature and again that's there's scientific evidence to is to support that this reduces stress levels and cortisol and you know these things that 
are really beneficial to us. I'm, I'm, I'm interested, uh, Frank, you've, you've, I think I understand where this is coming from, but I've, I've heard you <clears throat> cite scientific evidence for why, you know, for how what Wim Hof is doing is effective at, at improving immune systems, et cetera, and all the scientific evidence that, about forest baths and why they're beneficial. Um, why do you think we always feel like we need to, and I'm not suggesting you feel like you need to convince Sean and me or our listeners, but I feel like there is this, <laughs> this trend these days where people, it's not enough for people just to try it on for size. And if it works for them, it's good enough. Instead, we have to be like, oh, um, we can almost guarantee you that this will be the benefit. Do, I mean, have you ever thought about that? Do you have a sense for that? Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I, I think with so much information out there and so many different different things to try in, in, in healing methodology, uh, um, methodologies in, in these things, it's like, okay, well, what, what works best? I mean, it's, it's kind of like, you know, I, I think a symptom of our society where it's like, well, okay, if I'm going to, if I'm going to do all these, if I have all these different options, which is the one that's going to get the biggest bang for the buck, or I'm going to get the, I'm going to get the, you know, the quickest results. Um, so yeah, I think it's an interesting thing to think about. I mean, you know, when I think about like, for instance, the, the cold shower, you know, I do that on, on a regular basis. And sometimes I'll, I have to ask myself, I'm like, what am I doing this for again? And I'll be like, oh, yeah, it's good for my immune system. It's, but, and then at the same time, it's like, because I like it, you know, and I, and, and I like the fact that I don't like it sometimes. So, yeah, I mean, I think you have to experience it and determine if it's good for you or not. I mean, I think some people hearing that will get them motivated to, to try it, I guess, you know. I think most, you know, most people think when you're out in nature, they, everybody, I think many people really enjoy that. They're like, wow, I feel so great doing that. And they don't really put that tie together to be like, well, yeah, there's a reason for that. You know, it's not just that it's, you know, there's, there's, there's reasons like your body basically changes when you're in those environments. And so I think, helping people to make that connection will kind of help people to understand like oh well this is what's actually happening so this is why i like this it's not just that it's a just happens that way i guess uh, i guess one alternative approach um would be the semi-deceitful way that you conned us into the small batch by not coming clean that we'd be jumping into freezing cold Lake Michigan. Uh, and instead- He's sneaky that, that way. <laughs> He's sneaky that way. He, he is. And it was yeah. a pleasure to watch on Marco Polo. Um, uh, I'm, I, I worry a little bit that my heart's going to stop if I, if I go all the way under in that lake. Honest to God. And this, um, is, this is somebody that, you know, was a former Navy, like, I mean- you you've been in colder waters as much if not more than i have probably we have to quickly clarify for the audience what we're talking about lake michigan in february right i mean just so every, yeah. so we can clarify what, what we're talking about in the way of dipping in a lake yeah. and what kind of water we're talking about so, well and chris wasn't wasn't in water i think in his training and stuff that was like 75 degrees and you know 
Yeah, but but I wasn't a Navy SEAL. I was a submarine guy. You know, we're in, I was inside a steel tube. I, I watched you and uh, so far we've watched what you, Tony Schmidt and and Todd Adams <laughs> go all the way under in in, in the first time. Maybe the, the temperature was roughly the same both times. 40s, low 40s. What do we think? I think the first I think, yeah, it was lower. It was in the mid 30s or mid to high on the retreat. It was, I think, 37 or 38, something like that. Ooh. I worry a little bit. I worry a little bit, but I, I'm happy to come out there and be the uh, Marco Polo videographer uh, next time, perhaps. <laughs> um, go ahead, Sean. So, so I did. I, I, I just kind of want to go back to the this one point you made about um, that we may all struggle with or that are on uh, this conference in this conversation is the difference between doing and being. Um, and Frank, you made you kind of made this this point earlier today in uh, a post that you wrote being versus doing and we really struggled just to be wouldn't you say yeah yeah certainly and you know I, I i part of what i was conveying in that in that piece was that sometimes i can get use that as an excuse to not do so mm. um so it's just a really interesting fine balance um you know, and, and I think like these part of what for me, what's interesting about these processes like meditation is that uh, it really forces me to, to kind of be present and get present. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're in the when you're in the cold, you're, you're not thinking about much else other than I'm cold and my breath is going to help me get through this. Um, so. So that's, that's why, that's part of why I really enjoy that. You know, it is that type of a med and the breath work as well. I think the breath work is a similar thing where it's, it, my mind is not thinking about much else other than the breathing. So um, I think those practices, I'm really drawn to those practices because, you know, outside of those, those things, my mind is doing, you know, hundreds of things in all directions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so you, you, for years, you've been teaching me about some of these concepts in bits and pieces, albeit, you know, a lot of times it's at our our annual retreat. Um, And I super appreciate that. I wonder if there's someone or something that, 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 that caused you to, to want to explore this. Um, And I might even ask the same question to you about yoga because um, you have, uh, you've had a, a yoga practice for a long time. Like, what happens in life that makes you just Frank Nago, not anybody else, but you say, I, I, I want to explore this new thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think the, those types of practices, I mean, I, you know, there's a part of me that, that is drawn to Eastern kind of traditions and philosophy so I think that that's definitely a part of it. And, you know, understanding this, this the spiritual aspects, like I really appreciated as I was going through yoga training and the different teachers I studied with and, the, you know, the understanding the the Hindu mythology and, you know, learning about Sanskrit. And, and like, I think that's just very interesting for, for me. <clears throat> And I think there's just a lot we can learn 
in the West from those Eastern traditions. So I've, I've, I've been drawn to those. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested to, to kind of push myself to, to in, in unique ways and, and see how I respond. I think that's part of what has me drawn to the, like this latest thing with the, with the breath holds and the, and the cold exposure is just, you know, how, how my mind can limit what I'm able to accomplish and how, you know, with practice that can open up new opportunities. And so, you know, I think that that was part of the yoga practice too. It's like, you know, being in the flow, being in the present moment, not being limited by what your mind is and the stories your mind is telling you. So that's, that's what I've been drawn to, you know, and I've been super drawn to, I've always been really drawn to stories of people accomplishing really amazing things. And often, um, basically being able to withstand like a very harsh environment. It's like, I, I think to me, hearing stories about the, 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 the human spirit and, and how much the body can withstand, um, that's, that's super intriguing to me. I remember reading a book called the worst, the worst journey in the world. I think it was called, and it was like about, you know, these, these expeditions to, to, um, you know, the South pole and North pole and these different areas. That's just like, <clears throat> I can't, I can't imagine the things that, that people have gone through like Shackleton and these, these explorers. I mean, the, the conditions that they were able to withstand. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. And I think for me, it's like, I, I, I butt up against the kind of life that I've grown up with, you know, very sheltered in many ways, very comfortable. Um, and so I kind of want to ex purposefully try to extend myself because I haven't, I haven't grown up in, in a really challenging, harsh way. It's been pretty cush. <laughs> well, and, and, and you also grew up near Detroit. And, and so, you know, it's, it's curious, a guy who, who gets so connected to nature um, and, and gets engaged and is curious about Eastern philosophy grew up outside of Detroit or in Detroit. Um, how, how does, how does that transition happen? Well, that's a, that's a pretty long story. Um, yeah, I mean, I, we got nothing I, but time. I know, I know. Well, this, yeah, I mean, it's, the, the, to be honest with you, I, what's kind of surprising to me is that, you know, I grew up like many people being exposed to doing things out in nature. I mean, I remember going on vacations every summer and, and water skiing. Water skiing was kind of a big thing that I started at a young age. My dad was super into and we would do that. Um, but in terms of like really getting in more immersed into nature, like <clears throat> it wasn't until actually after college that I got really interested into that. Mm -hmm. So I kind of was like a later um attraction for me and so you know in a lot of ways i've i've you know been around the city and, and have more 
so been more and more attracted to nature. I don't know if that's because the grass is always greener on the other side or or I'm just learning new things about myself all the time. But mm -hmm. that's, you know, that's kind of, it, it was kind of a late thing, you know. I think back in times of in during college and stuff, I was like, I just wasn't camping and stuff. And now that stuff is super interesting to me. That's, that's what I want to spend my time with. But it was, it wasn't an early passion. Mm -hmm. I, 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 uh, for, for the listener, we're, we're on a zoom call so we can see Frank. Um, I, I wish you all could too, because Frank's got a, a, a fake background on that makes him look like he's that, uh, advertisement character, the, the most interesting man in the world. Um, and you're kind of backing it up right now. Um, cause I, I'm still, fa I've always been fascinated with how you approach this growth. We talked to Todd Adams about, about growth too. And I guess one wondering I have about growth is, you know, th this will to um, this will to accomplish or improve or, or, or whatever is fascinating because I just wonder, like Shackleton, did he assess his current situation as being inadequate and felt like he needed to be more adequate? Um, and, and, you know, and I do this with myself. I, I, I guess it's a question a little bit about self-compassion and, and how much grace we can show ourselves versus others. But um, do, do you ever get the sense that... Uh, that, that you feel like you're, you know, I mean, I hope this doesn't come out the wrong way, but like you feel like you're not, you're not checking all the boxes or you're not enough. Um, so you want to, that's why we pursue additional stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's an awesome question. I mean, um, for me, growth is, is more about understanding myself more. Um, and, and, and in large part, being as compassionate as I can towards myself, uh, which I haven't, I haven't always done a very good job of, and I still am challenged by that. So, um, yeah, so I think, and I think that's part of getting to understand myself is, is wanting to explore, you know, how I can improve certain things, but also how I can improve just being kinder to myself. So, because I think that those things are really important. I, mean, I think, I think, you know, if I'm going to grow and do all these things and, and be accomplished and, and reach certain goals, but I'm going to be beating myself up along the way, it's just, to me, it's, it's counterintuitive. It's just, you know, I'd rather learn how to be kind to myself. Um, you know, I still want to, I still want to achieve certain things, but that, that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing. Um, but yeah, for me, growth is about understanding myself more. And it's surprising to me that, you know, here I am 48, I just turned 48 and, you know, so in some regards, I'm like, I don't even, I feel like I'm an infant in terms of knowing myself. So, um, you know, and part of me thinks, of course, I, I, I should have known myself a lot earlier and a lot more than I do now. So, but, um, you know, that's just, that's not the way, it's not the way it's working for me. So, yeah, that's what I think about growth. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a constant um, push and pull, you know, because um, I feel 
like there's an urge inside in a lot of ways to do more, to be more. Um, and when to listen to that and actually take action, it kind of goes back to Sean's point about doing and being. It's like when to listen to that that voice to say, okay, I, I actually do need to do more here, uh, whether that be in relationship, my wife or or something else. And um, when when I need to just be okay with where things are, uh, and, and, and finding and finding finding the the nuance and really understanding that which voice to listen to is is a part of getting to know oneself. I think. So so when you when when you're on this journey to know yourself better, to be kinder to yourself, are you aware enough to know kind of what what the what the big barriers are to get there? Um, I think I can spot it a lot easier. I don't know if I know the big barriers, but I think I'm, I'm, I'm much more aware of like, I'm being hard on myself and I can mm -hmm. kind of, um, you, you know, understand that sooner and start to go easy, you know, and to let things go that, um, that a little bit easier, a little bit sooner, you know? Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> yeah. There was a, there, I, I'll, I'll give you an example. I just, so I was, I, I'm wanting to actually reach out and see a therapist, like a personal therapist for myself. And um, I just got a referral and you know, basically right now, a lot of people, it's, it's not easy to find a therapist. Mm -hmm. And, um, I got this referral and it was right before I was going on vacation. And, um, she basically said like, you know, are you going to call this person right away? And I was like, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to call this person right away. And right away to me, man, like, okay, when I get back from vacation <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I came back from, I called him the day, the first business day after I got back. And he was like, yeah, I don't have an opening anymore. I was so pissed, you know, and I was, I really came down hard on myself. Like, what were you thinking? You know, better, like, how did you let this happen? You know, you were kind of given, you were, you, you were already given the heads up and you, and you missed this opportunity. So yeah, I beat myself up pretty, pretty bad about that one. And, but then I re I caught myself pretty early too and said, Hey, you know, you're not going to do any good to beat yourself up on this. So, Hey, you got to learn, you got to try to learn from it and, you know, take, take the next step. So. Uh, Frank recently, um, by recently, I mean, January, we, uh, men living had our first virtual retreat, which was our, what, our seventh or eighth retreat overall seventh. Six, six or six, seven. Yeah. Six or seven. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And towards the end of that retreat, someone thanked you for the grace that you showed the group that you led. Um, and grace is a tricky word. I think it gets misused a lot or whatever. I think in that context, it was perfect though. I think it was this combination of like, compassion and uh and empathy and you know allowance and and forgiveness all the things and um 
I would say that that's consistent with the Frank Nago I've gotten to know through the previous, whatever it was, five or six retreats and all the other things we've done together. Um, you know, people ask sometimes that the sort of the fun, it's almost like a dinner question, like, what is your superpower? Um, I, I, knowing um, you, like I do, I would almost say that like sort of the giving of grace is like a superpower for you. And I will say that um, I think uh, you are, uh, you know, and I, this is not my intention to go down this path, but I do think I would point to you also as an example of some, one of my friends who can be really hard on themselves. Um, and I don't know if there's a question in this or, or if it's something that you um, have given any thought to, but, but that there's a pretty big disparity there. I, I just like, it's almost like, you know, sometimes I want to like shake Frank and be like, dude, you have no idea how great you are. You know, um, this, this, you know, does that, does that. Oh, but, well, before he, before he answers, I, th I think you were the one that said he had grace at the retreat. You said someone, I think it was you. So <laughs> you're, let's just clarify. And I, and I concur. I think it's a perfect word for Frank Nago um in describing him but i but you said someone and i actually <laughs> forget that it was you no 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 but but several people <laughs> agree with me after the fact so the uh, point is not who it, who it came out of originally is not the important thing the important thing is that more than one person has identified this again what i would call a superpower that you have um well and i think since we're throwing accolades around though honestly i mean you do have you do, you do have um a nice use of the English language. So I think you came up with a very good descriptive <laughs> word. I know, I know I jumped right on it. So I just want to give you that. Well, I mean, we're not the first people to talk about, about how hard it is for, I mean, we've talked about it in men living before about this idea of self-compassion versus, I mean, we're men living. This is not an advertisement for men living, but it's a group of fairly, compassionate, empathetic men. I mean, versus the average, we're extremely, you know, compassionate, empathetic. And I would also say that maybe it's this desire for self-improvement or um, uh, a dissatisfaction with being just average, decent men. Um, we're also, we can also be hard on ourselves. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm interested in your thoughts on this, Frank, um, because, uh, because, um, and, and this is meant in with extreme love um but you might be like a case study in this yeah no first of all thank you i i really appreciate the the um you know the compliment and i i really i remember you sharing that at the retreat and it meant a lot to me and yeah I th you know it's very interesting to think about your question in regards to is there something to the effect that maybe I'm able to be more uh, compassionate to other people, maybe because I am so hard on myself, you know, how are those, how are those linked? You know, like if I wasn't as hard on myself, maybe I wouldn't be as like, so I, maybe I see it to some extent, I see other people maybe being hard on themselves. And I want to, you know, a lot of times it's easier to, to you know see and, and be able to help other people uh with certain things and and not as easy to help yourself with that same so um but yeah you i, I see myself and other people 
So, yeah, it is it is sometimes harder to to do the thing that that is so apparent in other people for yourself. I think that that's part of it. Yeah, you can avoid you can I mean, if you're if you're so busy focusing on supporting other people, you can avoid having to look at the stuff that I can avoid looking the stuff that I have to do because mm-hmm. I'm so busy helping other people. So it's a nice, it's a nice avoidance strategy can be anyways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you guys yeah. ever, do you guys ever think about um, or try to frame life as having some sort of like markers or finish line that you have to cross for it to be successful? Cause I, cause I feel like we all, we all talk about things in, in those terms sometimes, like what, what, what is, you know, what is the point of stretching and growing in different directions? Like, what are we trying to get to? I mean, and, and another way to put that is I've heard people talk about the idea of vocation as this, like, why were we put here for some people? It's to be a great dad you know, almost exclusively for other people, for Mother Teresa, it was something very different, for example. Um, so I guess uh, in a way it's like, Frank, for you, like, do you think about a, a, a vocation? Like you do an awful lot of work to help an awful lot of people. I know you care deeply about being a, a good husband and a, a, and a good father. It's like, do you think about vocation at all? I do. I do. You know, it's interesting. Um, you know, with parenting, I've, I've shared this, you guys have probably heard this before. You know, I, I knew from a, actually a very young age that I wanted to be a, a father, you know, probably at an age that was like way younger than, you know, it makes sense. But I just knew that really right away. And there's, if, if I'm being honest, like there's a part of me that, that thought being a parent being the best dad I could be um would be would be it like I wouldn't need anything more and you know what I've discovered is that um that's super important it's very important to me to be a dad I mean I'm I'm thrilled to be a dad there's times of course I'm less thrilled than others as you guys can both relate I'm sure but um no I mean it's it's great and it's still not the only thing. Like for me, it's like, it, there's, there's, there's more. And so I don't know if that's more means like untapped potential. Like I want to tap my potential, you know? So I think, I think I can, I can be a great dad and I can do, do more as well. I think I have the potential to do that. And so that's, what's important to me to, to tap that potential and to not tap that potential is a real you know, I think that that's a, that's, that's a shame, you know, to some extent, because, you know, there's certain things that I've been giving, I've been given uh, privileges that I have that I feel like there's a certain responsibility to kind of stretch myself into that potential. So, you know, for me, I have to kind of watch that in terms of like, is this my ego? Like, how much is that my ego talking, you know? Like, oh, I have to do it. I have to have a job that actually is really benefiting the world. You know, well, 
do I? Is that my ego just saying I need to do that so that I can say, well, give myself a pat on the back? Um, you know, or is it something that I just feel like I need to tap into my potential? So um, that's where I feel like that, that, that striving for more. I think that's an inner knowing that, you know, I've either extended myself or I haven't. You know, and I think it's kind of my responsibility to extend myself. Um, and sometimes extending myself means taking it easy on myself, you know, and so just finding that finding that balance of, okay, when's it time to press on the gas and when's it time to to coast and enjoy and, and look look around at the scenery kind of thing. So so I got I had two things. I mean, first of all, um, when I, when I zoom with Chris, he, he has a lot of half acre swag and I'm wondering if maybe we could get them to be a sponsor for this podcast. So that's the first thing. And then, all right, so, you can, so you can respond in a minute. The second thing is I want to ask you guys, you know, the idea of, you know, we're put here with a purpose. We've got all this potential. What, you know, Frank, and this kind of goes back to yoga a little bit. What if we're just animals and we got this conscious, you know, we're animals with consciousness and we, we overinflate everything. I mean, we're, you know, we're, we're making it, you know, that we've got this purpose and we've got it, we've got all this potential and, and we're overcomplicate our minds overcomplicate life for us. Um, and really all we need to do is love each other. And a lot can be, a lot of good stuff can happen when we do that. So. So Chris, you could respond to the half acre comment and then you both can respond to the, to the other comment. Oh, well, so, so it's funny. I noticed the same thing. So I have a shirt on from half acre. Frank's got a sweatshirt on. Uh, we know those guys. I live pretty close. Beer seems appropriate in most during most of these podcasts so far. So I'll work on that. Okay. Um, and I super appreciate your question and can't wait to hear Frank's response. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the, I like the going like, real superficial and then going like as about as deep as you can get like just let's play with those different <laughs> right, depths of, right. depths of and i didn't even and i didn't even notice that he was wearing a half acre his half acre sweatshirt either yeah, right totally. right yeah yes um so gosh yeah i, I cer certainly think we overcomplicate things i overcomplicate things um and yeah. I mean, I think that's honestly, that's what's so important about the present moment. It sounds kind of cliche, but that's what's so important about the present moment because um, overcomplicating things and thinking too much about the future and where I'm going or dwelling too much on the past, you know, you're just going to miss out on, on, on the simple things. And we, I think we can all agree that, um, you know, many of the simplest things are what's those, those are the treasures, you know? So, you know, I think of being at the, we were just on vacation in Florida, being at the beach in, in Florida and the weather was, was, you know, outstanding and seeing, you know, seeing Eliza playing in the, in, in the sand and just having a ball, you know, and just. Eliza's how old? How old is Eliza? Five. Yeah. Yeah. So just playing in the sand with her, watching her play in the sand um being out in the water and seeing like dolphins you know just kind of emerge um just 
past the sandbar where we were pretty near. I mean, like those those moments are just treasures, and um, you know that they can easily be missed. I know I can miss those things if I'm if I'm too you know if I'm overcomplicating things and and getting too far ahead of myself or or dwelling in the past. I want to I want to just explore this a little bit more because I, I sort of was having the same question that that you were having, Sean, which is I really I liked the way you framed your sort of vocation. Well, you've talked about it in several different ways, but like at a minimum, we want we don't want to waste potential, right? Like uh, you know, at least we know that you know even if we never figure out what we're here for, at least we did as much as we could with what we were given, right? Um, but, but um, I mean, and this is a very personal question, but do you think that there's an arbiter of that? I mean, you know, in terms of like, is it just, you know, the golden rule? You just want to make as positive a mark as possible? Or, or do you, um, are, are, is there any faith uh, that you place in this, uh, whether it's religious or not? Well, I don't know. Is that a question for me or for, for Sean? Well, it could be a question for both of you, but since um, since I get to talk to Sean more, I want you to answer it, Frank. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, first of all, what's my true potential? I mean, how the heck, how the heck would I know? First of all, it's it's, you know, I have to have the tools, right? And oftentimes, I don't have the tools. So, it's does that mean that I have less potential, or I have the potential? I just need to develop the tools to reach that potential. You know, so it's, that's another one where it's, it's sort of nebulous, you know, <clears throat> but I think part of why it's important to, you know, stretch because then, you know, at least then you can kind of know, right? Like, oh, I didn't, I didn't hit that mark. So you start to, you, you start to feel those boundaries. Um, and then that starts to kind of inform you about, about potential. Um, you know, I've been watching something. I don't know if you guys know this David Gogging, Goggins, Goggins. He's he's a Navy SEAL guy, and he's written a book, and he's, he's a little bit of a nut, nutty guy. But he basically says, like, he uses this analogy. He's like, every day, like, I want to be wringing out the towel. Like, I, this is this is me. I just wring out when I wring out the water from a towel. Like, that's that's how I want to end my day. Like, I just want to wring it all out. And I don't, you know, that that's not necessarily how I want to live my life. But I think about that in terms of like, you know, how, am I ending my days with like, okay, I, I extended myself or that I, did I spend too much time coasting? You know, I think it's a, it's a very tricky balance. It's a very fine line to toe because, um, I don't want to just be exhaust myself every single day. You know, I don't think that that's necessarily the healthiest thing. I think, I think you'd have to strike a balance and I think striking a balance is actually um, a good way of reaching your potential. I mean, I think that's part of it is, is figuring that out as to how, how hard to, to push yourself and you know kind of what we've been talking about so i don't know if that really answers your question but that was what was kind of coming up no that, that that definitely is helpful to shed light on that um we asked todd a few weeks ago um about his sort of 
endless bent on self-improvement or continuous improvement, self-improvement. Um, and I heard you earlier talk about when we were talking about the evidence for this, whether it was Wim Hof or whatever, and the evidence for that. And you, you, you put a little bit of an ROI spin on it, right? Like a return on investment spin, like people only have so much time to do with their lives, what they can do. And so they have to make relative decisions. And, um, you have a career, you know, sort of a professional money earning career, and you uh, are a co-founder of Men Living and a board member and a super, you know, like a key cog in the wheel. Um, and you have your family. And we all are faced with this like tug of war in like seven different directions. And so there's this constant sort of relative resource allocation that we all have to make. Um, do you... Do you um, I think we all know that it's possible. It's a mistake to try to do everything. How do you do that calculus? Yeah. Um, I, I struggle with it, to be honest with you. That's how I do it. I mean, um, you know, part of it is, is learning that learning the, uh, the craft of saying no, um, you know, which, which I'm still trying to, to hone. Um, thank you know that I look at it as a blessing. I mean, thankfully, I have a lot of different things I'm interested in, um, and I want to do. I mean, I kind of feel sorry for the people that's like, I, you know, I only like to play video games, period. You know, I mean, that's so the fact that there's lots of different things I, I'm interested in doing, there's lots of opportunities that I have to do things, um, and there's more that I haven't even scratch the surface on that I want to do so I, I feel that like I have to remind myself that that's a blessing um, but then I have to learn to really say no um, and that's a tricky thing because I want to say yes and um, so yeah the resource allocation is a tough one that's a tough one and you know one of the things I, I say too is you know I'm not as young as I once was and um, part of it is I, you know, I get tired to be honest with you, like, <laughs> just, sometimes it's like, you know what, I just, I just need to lay down. So, um, and rest. So I try to listen to my body when it tells me to do that too. Um, so, but yeah, it's, it's, it's learning the craft of saying no. And, um, you know, really kind of this, that self-awareness piece, because, you know, I can, I can get involved in a lot of things that I think I should do or, responsibilities that I think are mine rather than really tuning in and saying like do I have to do that do I have to say yes and and how do I feel about saying yes you know, do I do I want to say yes does that energize me or does it de-energize me so that's 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 about self-awareness and um not an easy thing so it's like it's a that's definitely a continuous process to 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 figure that out. Yeah, I, I, and I, and I'm still thinking about your comment about am I am I am I doing what I'm what I should be doing to reach my potential? And the thing that comes to my head is, well, do you ever know if you reach your potential? And my question for you is, can your endless curiosity be about reaching your potential? If you lose that curiosity. Mm -hmm that would be a sad thing. And so mm -hmm. is that, is that your potential is to be endlessly curious. And if I continue to do that, everything else will kind of work its way out. Um, I wonder. Yeah. 
Well, that's kind of what I was when I thought of this analogy in this post earlier today about the yeah. gardening, you know, I, th I really think that that's, that's the, what I want to strive for is how can I cultivate a, a life that I want in a future that I want while at the same time really being rooted in mm -hmm. the present moment, mm -hmm. Mm. you know, that's, a, that's a, that's a very, very tricky thing. Um, but I think it's I think it's attainable and it's something is something very worthwhile to strive for because mm -hmm. um, you know and that's part of it it's taking action, getting organized honestly in a lot of ways, creating practices you know a morning routine how are you starting the day I mean there's a lot that goes into that but but that's that's my endeavor is to is to create the kind of life that I want cultivate that and at the same time, be as present through the process as I can. I love this. Um, I, I, I'm going to offer my own interpretation of that as you being the Shackleton of self-discovery, right? <laughs> right. Just like an endless search uh, for, 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 for what more you can do. Um, okay, Frank, we're going to respect your time here. I think you have things to do tonight too. Uh, if you're attending any of the meetings, we have four standard questions, just like at the end of um, uh, the actor's studio, um, we, we've been asking people. So we ask that you give us sort of, don't think too much about it. Just give us your, your initial gut feel as to the answer to these questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. First question is, what do you wish you could have told your 10 year old self? um go go for explore for what you love explore the things that you love awesome second question is what was the most formative year of your life oh gosh this one it's mm. <laughs> a great answer uh third what do you hope that people will say about you at your wake um that that i uh i gave it my all you know he was he was really interested in living life to the fullest um he was a great father and um a great partner to his wife awesome finally do you have a mantra in life right now uh or in general or just right now hmm <clears throat> Well, I think the, in the moment, it's, uh, you know, cultivating, cultivating the life you want while remaining present. Um, that's what's most present. Yeah. Well, Frank, if there's an award for, for giving answers to those four questions that is most consistent with what you told us for the first 50 minutes of the show, I think you're going to win that award because those, <laughs> those felt all very consistent with, with our entire conversation, which I enjoyed a ton. Um, and thank you for. Yeah. Likewise, <laughs> I, I'm glad to be with you guys and enjoyed the conversation. I, it could have gone for another hour and I would have, I would have enjoyed it. Nice. Agreed. Same here. And, and, and maybe we'll find time for another hour down the road, a, a piece, but, uh, but you're, I just always find you fascinating and uh, I'm just always curious and I appreciate your curiosity. So with that, wow. I guess we're we'll graceful, right? We find him graceful. <laughs> <laughs>
Always graceful. Always, Always graceful. graceful. It's a superpower. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Awesome to be with you. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks, Frank. See you Thank you, Frank. Thanks, partner. Peace, guys. This is Chris. Thanks again for joining us on this episode of If You've Come This Far. And this is Sean. Remember to check us out at menliving.org.